0: The WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, uh, I am, I think, look who's here. Yeah, all, look at the thousands of our friends here this morning. Are you all going to sit down? <laughs> <That's a fun>. <laughs> Nelson, <laughs> Nelson's here. Nelson Cox, she hadn't been on in a long time. I thought she was uh, part of the, uh, the, the Hate Mike Raley group.
1: Well, that thing's gone
0: out of business. <laughs> and that's the voice of uh, the one time Attorney General and Secretary of State of North Carolina, Rufus Edmonston. And last week was, or this week, was the 50th anniversary of the beginning of the Watergate hearing. Yes. yes. Which you played such a big part in, and your boss was the boss. Of oh, all he, of that. yes.
1: I saw that it was covered by all the networks, and there was Senator Irvin. What memories that brought back? The senator in his his South
0: Mountain drawl of Burke County. Oh, he he used that to a real advantage, didn't he? I mean, uh, you know, people thought, well, he's just a old homeboy sitting out there, and he with that Harvard education, they they later find out. Yeah, and went through Harvard backwards, which is is uh, has anybody ever done that?
1: Not that I know of. And why did he do that? The way I say that, Nelson, back in Senator Irvin's day. You could read law under another lawyer.
0: Just like Abraham Lincoln did. And then take
1: the bar. Well, Senator Irvin did that and passed the North Carolina bar. And he decided he needed a little formal education. So he applied to Harvard and just just was going to go for a year and went for the third year. said, well,
0: Ah, now I'm going to go
1: backwards. I want to get a degree. So he took the third (laughs) year, the second year, and then the first year. He, he said, I went to Harvard backwards.
0: He's got to be wow. the only person who ever did that. Oh, no question about what, it. What a distinction. And the, the
1: wonderful pleasure I got <laughs> of being able to be with him, I drove him. And when you drive somebody, if you don't wreck, you, <laughs> you you learn a lot about them. Yeah. And he couldn't sleep in the car, though. But I learned more sometimes in a weekend driving him than I did in, in a year of law school.
2: Wow.
0: He, he, he speaking yeah you know that maybe reading law is 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 where the legal profession should go maybe that's where you learn how to be a lawyer anyway you don't really learn it in law school do you
1: not a thing <clears throat> there's not a thing i learned in law school that is a- applicable to real practice of law
0: you learn the opportunity you you gain the opportunity to and to learn
1: most most people coming out of law school wouldn't know how to open the courthouse door yeah. And the same thing with me. You learn it as you go along. At least I had Senator Urban to know what yeah. what mainly to do. Right. Well, I,
2: I think that's somewhat true for most professions. I think so. It truly is. certainly I, is, it, it is. It certainly for mine. was for me. Um, I mean, granted, I, I love my education from NC State in horticulture science, and um, I feel like I was able to gather a bunch of tools, but it was really the experience that you learn by. And so participating even while in school and then, um, you know, graduating. And and even when I was in school, I worked out at Homewood Nursery. Uh, I had a great mentor and friend, um, Gary Calder, who now is Sunrise Baskets at the farmer's market. Um, But he was the manager at Homewood during that time. I learned a tremendous amount from him and my professors just working for them. So yes. it was the work and the experience, the seeing and the hands-on that um, I think put me into my career path. But Nelson,
1: yeah. I always wondered, was the J.C. Ralston Arboretum around when you oh, were yes. at NC State? Did oh, you yes, work sir. there
2: any? I did. I did. Um, I worked uh, both volunteering um, and through um, the Horticulture Club uh, students. we whoop. Keep losing... I got nothing.
0: Can't hear yourself, huh? You wanna hear you've got that so, big of ego that you want to hear yourself. <laughs>
2: yeah. There you go. So um but at any rate, um I also worked with uh when, when Tony stepped down from the Lath House, I worked with uh, JC um as curator of the Lath uh for a short period of time. And also I worked with uh Kim Powell and uh kind of curated um we had a garden in the, the back side of the Arboretum that was for the Certified Plant Professional ID, so I worked in that collections. So lots of experience. Um, I, I call the Arboretum my stomping grounds. And, of course, most of our classes and labs were held out at uh, the Arboretum. So
0: I wish, if I had been a horticulturist, I would love to have worked with Larry Bass.
2: Oh, I loved Larry Bass. He <laughs> was so funny. I miss him. He was awesome. In a he real car
0: now Now, Johnny Hood had them do these little five-minute... I think they were probably five-minute little vignettes each week, little interviews about plants, and they were so funny together.
2: He he was a he could have been a comedian. Yeah, and you know he was into some muscle cars too. But he was he was I adult. didn't know that. He was he was he had some pretty Chevrolets. Yep.
0: I I so regret. I think I talked to him one time. Oh, I, wow. I so regret not having him on this show. He was. A, he uh, was he was passed a treat. away. Uh, a couple of years ago or something it, like that?
2: It's been a several years. Several years? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh, what a um, loss. Now, also, um, I'm going to take the opportunity, but um, everybody remembers my little beloved Bay Bay, Bay Leaf. Yeah. So uh, when she passed, um, which was in August of 2020, uh, my staff kind of behind my back and some friends kind of spearheaded a fundraiser, and I, I believe Rufus, uh, I know, donated. But anyway, yeah. Bay Bay now has <coughs> a... A bench out at the arboretum and it says best garden center dog ever oh no I kidding i think, right. think she's on a bench on the rooftop um just this all just happened within the last uh month or two that i got word of it so we're gonna do a sunday where we go out and pay oh, homage to Bay. wow, Bay. wow. Yep. that's a
0: wonderful thing
1: i was w- thinking of her today because jasper's getting old he's 14 his hips are giving out on him yep but uh, I call him the weekend gardener show dog along with
0: yeah, Bay, Bay that's right.
1: And that is a very great idea about a bench for wonderful old Jasper.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was uh, – Maybe
0: at the Arboretum at Carolina.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I visited. Well, you have
0: a uh, – do I you have a, have a bench I have a, there? I, I went
1: to see my bench uh, last <laughs> – I went to see my bench last last Friday. At
0: make sure the mics 60th, are on here.
1: Sixtieth anniversary of of uh, my gradu- graduation from Carolina.
0: Let's get this out of the way early. And this
1: same guy was <laughs> sitting there that was there four years ago. Oh my goodness! And I said, "Are you about ready to graduate?" He said, "Well, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there." I didn't tell him he was sitting on my bench.
2: So it's
0: not like the Doc Watson uh, <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> Doc Watson statue in Boone. He,
1: he's a permanent fixture on that <laughs> bench. The same guy.
0: Well, he must. Feel some, oh, some vibes. Yeah, <laughs> With the Rufus. Mar- okay, how about that?
1: I'm, I'm going over there to also for a pot lunch retirement party for one of the people that that looked
0: out after. <laughs> there the, you go again. The, uh... <laughs> pot lunch. I potluck. Yeah, potluck. Potluck. Okay. <laughs>
1: oh, we got into that last week, didn't we? We,
0: we certainly did. We, we weren't supposed to. Yeah, it came up in a uh, staff <laughs> meeting yesterday too. I. Uh, 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 company well, not company wide, but uh, a lot of people in there. Somebody mentioned that we talk about marijuana on this show, and I said, "Well, we smoke it too every once in a while on the show." Not <laughs> uh, really, of course, but uh, we we have we haven't talked about marijuana since uh, Irv was on. Um, maybe the first or second year Irv was was here, so that was a long time ago so uh boy just just things get out of hand
2: I was just, can I'll, we talk
0: about the plants that are sitting in front of you that i can't see because of all these stupid monitors
2: we can i was looking at some facebook memories and i was like huh i was in the studio six years ago and i was looking at the plants that i had snapped a shot of i was like all right i'll make sure i don't do any repeats but i did do one repeat and that's these beautiful hydrangeas um, so this one's one called Let's Dance. Um, it is a mop head. Also have the Endless Summer, which are great because they, they flower off of uh, both old wood and new wood. So and they're going forever, it seems like, Yeah, yeah. Throughout I the mean, years. Just great. Got, got
0: a lot of bang for the buck.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I brought a collection of um, just a grouping of both tropicals. You can see the little uh, fuchsia hanging for those that have shade and struggle to find Uh, Flowering plants for uh, hanging baskets for um, shade. Um, There's a few goodies out there. Most of them. What is that again? It is a fuchsia, but doesn't it look like a little dancer with a little? It's like a ballerina. A little ballerina, yeah, yeah.
1: This is one of the. And this has got to be a red bud.
2: It is. That is the golden showers weeping red bud. Just incredible. Now, Dr.
0: Warner, Mm -hmm. he came up with that too. Yep. There's a there's a gorgeous. Um, what, what's the one flamethrower flamethrower at the governor's mansion on the person street side that right? um phil it's got a,
2: from panther creek
0: it's at lane oh, no, and was, lane and person no that's our that's the, uh, the, yeah we're at the yeah. op- kind of the opposite corner cool. yep we're at uh, jones and blunt the weekend gardener uh weeping red bud ruby yes. falls ruby falls yeah.
2: Well, I have a flamethrower at the at the farm, and I mean it, it's it, it's a little bit different than that, but it is stunning. I mean, just the golds, the oranges, uh, the fall colors, the beautiful flowers. Um, it, it is a meritable plant. Um, you know, I know here in the South, we we for, for my era anyway, uh, late sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. You know, we were just dogwoods, dogwoods, dogwoods. So it is amazing now, and of course the native red buds, but. Um, the the work that has been done in a, in a lot by Dr. Warner certainly, um, oh my goodness, I mean, it's just such a meritable plant uh, for us to have all these selections and varieties to be able to put into our small landscapes or our larger landscapes, um, so definitely um, holds a candle to me to the dogwood.
1: Yeah, and even when it's not, when it's quit blooming, it's just fabulous, and think of a heart. I always look at it and think, it's heart-shaped. Yep. I have one that's pink oh beautiful pink I'll, yeah. I'll, well you'll see it. it's probably uh,
2: camelot uh, pink. yeah pink. but um you know another interesting thing about red buds um and you can really have this appreciation for them in the winter time but so when they drop their foliage you can kind of see the the stem structure and if you've noticed, they have a zigzag pattern because the terminal bud always aborts. So they're always axillary buds, so it kind of yeah. zag, zigzags, zigzags. Right. So it's really it cool. It does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Now I understand what I'm looking at.
2: There you go. Yeah.
1: It's sort of hard to prune one, too. I I, I find it difficult, especially the wild ones.
2: Well, you know, again, it's one of those things, um, if you prune it when there's no uh, foliage on it, it's easier to to see and 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 usually if you prune it back to a crotch or back to a stem versus just pruning a branch off uh, for it to break and go
1: yeah absolutely
0: as we should probably do anyway with most things including crake myrtles
2: <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure because you don't want to add more weight more foliage Um, You want to try to clear the center so that there's always good air circulation, and then that's going to provide sturdier stems uh, to be able to handle, you know, rains with the bloom pods and not just fall over.
0: Now, there's a uh, lot of people mess them up, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, including uh, professionals Mm -hmm. sometimes just at the request of, you know, they may be planted at a uh, shopping center or something. Exactly. Uh, Just for practicality, there is a... uh, Uh, A guy who, uh, a landscape architect that lives not far from me, he's on one of my walking routes, beautiful landscape that he has. And he has some, I'm not sure, don't remember what variety, sitting in front of his house, kind of up on a hill, uh, these crepe myrtles. And they're fairly large, but he prunes them. He prunes the top of them mm-hmm. every year, but he doesn't prune a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just very uh, kind of manicured, but not yeah, a and, buzz haircut. And they yeah, and it's he does it he does it just right. I mean, they mm-hmm. look good after he's he's done it. They look good through the growing season. Yeah. He he knows how. Um, well, I've to,
1: never pruned one. Uh, if you prune a an old uh, spent bud, will will nothing come back? Alone? If,
2: if you prune a what now? A spent.
1: You, you, all right, your you, your first bloom goes down. Those panicles. Well, will the will the you prune that off. Will the, will another one come
2: back? You talking about on a crape myrtle? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've never pruned one. And that's yeah. that's, that's oh, why
0: yeah. that's why some people think that they should should go more. Some of it's because they think it's going to bloom more. Uh, other, mo- usually it's because the thing's gotten too big.
2: Well, usually it's, in my opinion, um, you're you're somewhat right. But in my opinion, what I've noticed is um, whoever started that, um, basically, then the next person thought, well, that must be how you do it. So then they did it. And then they're like, oh, yeah. well, my neighbor did it, so I'm going to do it. So there's not really, I mean, I think it's just become this concept that people think, well, I just need to um, prune my crepe myrtle. That's what everybody else is doing.
1: Well, I'll give you an example of that same thing. Back in the 60s and 70s, every farmer would top a tree, a big oak tree, a big maple tree. Just and, and, go, go, go uh, top and, it.
0: And paint the bottom
1: of white. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that. I had this beautiful, beautiful old 100-year-old oak tree, and my my late friend J.K. Sharon, many of you may remember. Sure. J.K. said, I need to top that tree. <laughs> so he climbed that tree and topped it about 20 feet down. Wow. And
0: that was that was a habit everybody had. I remember yeah. growing up, top a tree, and the power companies have to do it sometimes. Otherwise, yeah. we lose power. So, yeah, don't, yeah. Uh, but yeah. a lot
2: of times they do a pretty good job because um, they'll they'll do that selective pruning where they go into the center of the plant and they let the tree still come up, or they'll do directional pruning where they're still taking the branches back to the collar so that it's not gonna. Uh, break and branch towards the power line but then on the other side of the power line the tree has that beautiful color so versus just going in and and topping it yeah so uh there there are there is the ability even for power companies to do uh good pruning where they're either going to the interior and pruning out uh those branches that allow the tree to still um, perform and, and have its beauty or to do the directional pruning where one side of it is nice versus just going in and just zit zzz, zzzz, zzz. um So, you know, I, I see both, both styles. Yeah, I think a
1: lot of that depends on the kind of tree contractor. Most of those are exactly. contracted and that depends on the contractor. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've had to get out a lot of times when one's coming along there on the on the road and say, look, this is how I would like it. If you can possibly do it, and they, they would only do Yeah,
2: that. yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it, I'm sure it's all about efficiency, and we've got miles and miles and thousands. Oh, yeah. of... yeah. You I'd know. rather have the power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we've talked a lot about pruning, pruning, uh, opening up the show. So is there anything we can prune right now? Because people love to prune.
2: Well, um, certainly. So um, you know, let's let's talk about perennials. I mean, we've had a beautiful show of of uh, salvias all spring long and we've had um kind of nice weather um a couple times we've had some heat but those salvias have been blooming for uh, eight weeks ten weeks and they're starting to get spent prune them back they will flush right back mm-hmm. um so most all your uh, early perennials uh, dianthus um you know plants like that that um have kind of spent their blooms but you can prune them back and they will flush back out um so uh those are things to look for. Um, Snaps? You probably don't have to prune those. They should be just blooming. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, azaleas? Can we pl- prune azaleas that have. Uh, Great point, Mike. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's time for those um, azaleas to be pruned. I usually tell people to use the rule of thumb and don't prune after the middle of June right. um, so that they can set their buds for next year. Now, if they're encores, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know if, if you had a nice uh, bloom set and most of those have probably bloomed out by now and you just need a little trimming great um, but if they don't need pruning don't prune them and that is that true for most spring flowering shrubs absolutely um, so your facythias and your spireas you know and again I feel like um, you know if you have the space why prune them um but if they're just too large for your area or you just want to get that um you know that spring manicured look in certainly you can, you can prune them halfway back they're going to flush back out form their buds for next year
1: now yeah. on encores i generally if if i'm going to prune them i prune them at the spring uh blooming yeah and not twice a
0: year yeah definitely Spring, spring yeah. is better than, than
2: pruning right. them
1: in the fall. This bud right. leah mm-hmm. is incredible. That's the largest one I've ever seen.
2: Well, um, you say that every time I bring that one. Yeah. <laughs> <That's laughs> we the same, same one? one. So, uh, well, <laughs> so um, this, this is a uh, series of the pugster butterfly bushes, um, I believe. Proven Winners has the the Pugster. So that's Pugster Pink. They're very fragrant, too. But there are some fat boys on there, fat blooms on there. So we have uh, Pugster Pink. Um, this is actually called Pugster Blue. More on that in a minute. Don't let me forget. And then this is um, Pugster Lavender. But there's several series of the Pugsters, and they, they do. They have nice, uh, heavy stems to be able to hold these nice, big, fat blooms. And you'll see the this this uh, first bloom here, two more there, two more here, two more here. So they're oppositely they opposite uh, buds that just keep coming and coming. And once that branch is spent, prune it back. It'll come again. It takes about three weeks. Um, but now how I,
0: how big a plant does it become?
2: Uh, Pugster is not a huge butterfly bush. It's going to be more compact. I mean, not very good. Not dwarf, dwarf. But it, it you know you're you're talking that. Um, four foot range three to four foot range so
0: you're getting a lot of bang for the buck you really are
2: and the fragrance is amazing
0: so a lot kind of a honey fragrance
2: oh yeah yeah but and i'm just gonna pick on my my male folks since i've got one on my right and one on my left yeah what color is this gentlemen?
0: it's uh purple scarlet
2: purple okay so it's called pugster blue and i say it's because men name them Beautiful
0: yeah oh, it's really? it's not uh i guess it's as close to blue as as they can come up with it's, it's hard to find a blue gene it
2: truly is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, <like> that. hey. <laughs> <Did> I, <mean>? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these hydrangeas are closer to to blue I think it is hard right. to find a blue blue yeah. flower and really we've is. talked
0: about that with daylilies you it's ever see my blue daylily
2: i have <laughs> your carolina blue day. speaking of daylilies and i'm sure our friend is going to call from garner uh steve i believe Steve, yeah but i am taking my mother to um a nursery she has wanted to go to um for a number of years and it's called oaks daylily farm uh they're in carrington uh, tennessee and um we are going up for one of their open houses in June, I believe the second or third week of June. So we're both looking forward to that trip.
0: So where is Carrington, Tennessee? It
2: is about 20 minutes north of Knoxville.
0: Okay, well that's a pretty good drive. And
2: the good thing is um, my nephew Tyler and his sweet little family um, live there now. And, and wow. you, you may remember Tyler. He worked for me for yeah. about four years. So we're going to see them as well. So it's going to work out great.
0: That's wonderful. it would be a pretty drive, mm-hmm. too. Um, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. If you have a plant question, you're uh, certainly welcome to call and uh, talk to, to Rufus or Nelsa Cox, and uh, you will get some, some great answers, uh, some very helpful answers. With those uh, crepe myrtles I was thinking about this gentleman's this landscape architect's yard it was symmetry mm-hmm. that's the word i was looking for okay They're very symmetrical everything in his yard is great okay. all right more of the weekend gardener coming up here on wptf it's eight let's get back to the wptf weekend gardener with mike ann and rufus Well, we're back on WPTF, The Weekend Gardener, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF, it's 838 already. And Robert is in Garner. We've got two Garner callers here this morning. And Robert, how are you?
3: Uh, doing well, sir. Um, just uh, won't take much of your time. Uh, I have some garden plots in the backyard that I haven't really used in the last couple years. And I want to get back out there and use them this year. And uh, a tree. I mean, it's only been three years since I planted out there. I think, but I have something out there that has rooted and rooted hard. And I'm just trying to figure out how do I get this root system out of my garden plot. I cut, I cut the tree system all the way back, but I want to get that root out.
1: It's called a M-A-D-D-U-X, Maddox. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta dig that baby out of there. You. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to tell you, Robert, yep. it is sweat and brow.
2: It is. It is uh, just grubbing it out best you can, um, which would be important to uh, to reclaim and and beneficial. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to take some. Um, There's no um, way
1: with a root like that that you get that stump grinder stuff in there that would do any good. Yeah. So it's, I, I know nothing except a big thing that
2: we call ematics. Ematics. Yep. <laughs> that and ENA
3: yeah gotcha so uh if, if I chop out that root though I don't have to worry about those individual root stems that still might be hind on there you know coming back in any way do I
2: I mean you can kind of you you shouldn't but um you know if, if you start in the core and you which is the the bigger part of the the root and just start following it and peeling it up
3: gotcha all right well I guess I need to run out and Give me uh, a Maddox.
2: A Maddox. <laughs>
3: and uh, you know, I, I I would have asked my dad what to do on this one, but I think he would have had me catching half the backyard on fire, and I don't want to do that.
0: No, <laughs> no, I, I don't think uh, Garner Garner wouldn't like that either. So,
1: uh, you know, what what kind of tree was it, Robert?
3: I I don't know. It just you know, all of a sudden, uh, about a year ago, I looked out there, and all of a sudden, I had something growing. Taller, taller than grass. I was like, well, that's peculiar. And I just kind of ignored it. And then when I went back there, I was like, this is like a full-grown tree or something. It's got...
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you could, if you could find a mule in a chain, <laughs> yeah. that'd pull that boy right out.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, if I went deeper into Johnson County, I might be able to find that. Right <laughs> There's
0: bound to be a up. mule somewhere around here.
3: You might have had a, a privet come up.
0: <laughs>
1: that's, that's a little thing that seeds over real quickly and grow about a foot at foot at nighttime.
3: <laughs> well, it, it, it's not a, it wasn't a traditional tree. It had like three or four shoots coming off of that root ball. So it, it it's in there and it's deep. I mean, the root is not moving just to grab it and try to shake it a little bit. It's in there.
1: Wow. Well, you've got a good, good afternoon to go to the hardware. Get a Maddox, go to work. That's
3: right. Yes, sir. All right, thank you very much. I love the show as I'm driving around on Saturday morning. Well,
0: Robert, we appreciate it, buddy. Stay stay right there between the lines. <laughs>
3: Thanks, sir. Have a great day. All
0: right, now, no ditches. <laughs> hey, uh, Steve is with us. He's also in Garner. You you used a uh, Maddox before
4: there, Steve? Oh, absolutely. I got one in my hand right now. All right. I got the pick side on mine. Yeah. A yeah, so, so what are you okay. doing? Um catching up from last year's not being able to get out in the garden yeah i got bermuda growing in one of my beds and uh, i to get it out oh man and i'm trying to i'm just i'm trying to create a new daylily bed
0: oh very good that's ambitious
4: well i mean you, i've got four, four or five projects going right now i got a Floating deck in my backyard. I'm working on. I put a memorial bench together for a friend of mine for my golf course.
2: Oh wow!
4: And I painted it in uh, Carolina Hurricanes colors.
0: Uh huh. So you've uh, you've got just more energy than you know what to do with.
4: Yeah, that's it. I, I and it's one of those things that in the evening when I'm sitting there, I'm going, "Why did I do all the crap?" I did? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah Uh, but anyway it's a good
4: it's a good burn that's all i got yes sir
0: it absolutely is you're accomplishing a lot but anyway you you were talking
4: about a blue day lily you know how they have foods at the um at the supermarket that says it uh non-gmo oh yeah if anybody ever comes up with a blue day lily it would have to be genetically modified yes because the the gene is just not there for a blue daylily in a d in a daylily in mm-hmm. a native daylily right, but so it would have to be absolutely gene spliced with something else that is blue
0: It'd so be it an inch it'd be a pretty have one
4: GMO sign on it that says genetically modified yeah, <laughs>
0: but uh, I think I'd grow it anyway
4: Well, we had sixty two open today. Oh wow. So we're we're and it's been going about ten a day, uh uh booms opening up, I got buds showing color all over the place. My my daylily garden is like a, a, a lush jungle. That's I mean it is really growing, really good this year.
0: Well, let uh, let people know the name of it, and, and so, so they can come out and yeah, visit.
4: It's, it's I'm listed at the uh, at the homepage for the Raleigh Day Lily Club. I would per, I would prefer they look it up there because then they can explore our club website while they're there. But it's uh, Raleigh Day Lily Club under the tab for display gardens. And my display garden is called Just One More. And I'm in Garner. And I've got some free plants if anybody wants to come by and visit today. And we're going to have a display. I mean, the thing is about daylilies; is it's different every morning. Every morning it's a, it's a new palette, And it's just wonderful to get out here.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah, this is getting into the prime of daylily yep. season. And, and I really just like everything else this year,
4: Coming to see.
0: Just like everything else this year, daylilies are just gorgeous this year. They just yeah, really look healthy. This is
4: the luscious my garden has been, and I think it's because of the wet winter. I mean, the wet spring.
0: <coughs> yeah, everything everything that blooms has, has looked great this year.
1: Well, Steve, I know that you uh, look down on the Stella de d'Oro. But I have one
4: down on it. I just prefer not to have it in my garden.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have one blooming.
4: I let everybody else have
1: it. Okay. Okay. It's
4: not a bad plant. It's just so prolific. It's just, it's, you know, stayed as far as I'm concerned. I like, I like unique colors and I like unique sizes. I've got, um. Uh, it looks
0: genetically modified. kind
4: of day lily you can think of, <laughs> spiders, minis, uh-huh. uh, every every color you can think of, except for blue. Yeah. But uh, we're we are in the process now of getting moving things around that uh, that don't uh, that aren't performing well or have been overgrown by an azalea plant or an evergreen, and their root. They're getting root starved, and so we're moving things around to get them out into sunlight where they where they can thrive.
0: Sure. Makes and sense.
4: And just to let Cam, uh, Phil know, we bought one of those flamethrowers.
0: Oh, that's a Nelson, not Phil. It's
4: absolutely joy to get out there. We put it in our front yard, and it's almost like a Jacob's coat. Every morning it's got about four colors of red, orange, and yellow in it. It's an amazing plant.
0: Very good, yeah, it is. It is. Doctor Warner did a stupendous job on
4: that. Yep, and it's a uh, the one I got has a gorgeous shape on it, and it's I, I look forward to it growing there.
0: Steve, thank you very much for joining us.
4: Yes, thank you for letting me talk to you.
0: Have a nice day. If
4: you got any questions? Just I'll be listening to you. I'll call back in. All right. Somebody ask a question. Okay. But um, have you know please. Anybody out there that wants to come by, I've got some uh, uh, Mexican petunias, a uh, a, uh, spilled milk, a cuba. Uh, I've got some of those, uh, 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 oh gosh, the, uh, the variegated leaf china berries that I could share if somebody wants a nice shade tree.
0: All right. All right. Take care, Steve. Yes, sir. Bye. All right, 919-860-9783. I, I, would you agree, Nelson, that everything has is, is been pretty lush this year?
2: It certainly has been. And I also wanted to <laughs> say that I had the pleasure of meeting the president, uh, Mrs. Kane, of the Raleigh Garden Club yesterday and came to Garden Hut that's and, a
0: fine group. They started gardening here on WPTF.
2: Yeah, and um, she was delightful, said they had about 159 current members, and she was buying tickets to the Fuquay Arena Garden Tour that is this weekend. So, oh, that's popular. Uh, you can still get tickets at um, at the Garden Hut. Um, they have representatives on staff today, the Fuquay Arena Garden Club, and the Garden Tour is Today from uh, ten a.m. until five p.m. and tomorrow from one p.m. till five, there are ten gardens, and they are all lovely, beautiful, and amazing.
0: The way it should be done.
2: Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's all right. Yes,
0: yeah, see. Um, also, you've got something else going on in Fuquay today.
2: We do. We have um not only the Fuquay Marina Garden Tour and and uh and not only is the most colorful place in Fuquay open till five, but we have um the Fuquay Marina downtown uh dinner that is at the the uh John Byrne um municipal building, which is town hall. And so that should be a lovely evening and I know that Mike, you and your lovely wife Melissa participated in that and I think in two thousand nineteen. Uh, rufus as well as we we were one of the packages that were auctioned off <laughs> that's right um, that was a blast that was fun and so on plein air on plein air um which uh some beautiful artists great artists uh from from the areas um have painted um some of their favorite downtown shots and uh, miss rocky alexandra she painted the garden hut and i can't wait to bid on that painting tonight at the dinner
0: absolutely Pull out the wallet. For that. <laughs> well, they can visit the garden hut
1: too to see a beautiful, beautiful yeah, garden—the real thing. Uh, just the way you have things laid well, out. It's,
2: and I've always said it's the most colorful place in town.
1: It, it's, it it's is like a little general store too.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a lot of a lot
1: of fun. It's not like they say if down in uh, Lillington he says if if
0: Jay, we don't have it, you don't need it. That's right. He's got everything. He's got everything packed in there, and just just things that you hadn't thought about in years, and yep. such such good quality. He's got he's got the old uh, great collection of old knives, old pocket knives or jack knives. Yeah. And uh, I love I just, to go to uh,
2: Wombles and and pick up supplies for everything. and yeah for several things. Um, I'm sorry you're
0: not going to be able to go with us this year. The 17th oh. of June we're going to be. At uh, J.E. Wumble, and you're going to be on the road in Tennessee.
2: That's right, but we will be on our way back, and I will do my best to call in and say hello.
0: Please do, yeah. We'll, we'll love that, and then we'll see. Uh, hopefully, we can, I bet it'll be warm, and we'll be out in front of the place. Yeah. Well, that the that is
1: a day, too. The 17th of June was the uh, date of the first Watergate break-in in 1972. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then a so, year later uh, in, in May is when the, when the hearing, hearing started.
1: started and and on, after we have our show, I'm coming back to be with the, the North Carolina Watergate crowd, Mr. Gene Boyce, Mike Carpenter, uh, all those folks that worked with me during Watergate. We have a little get-together at my office to commemorate Watergate, and this year it will be the the 52nd. No, 50, 50 51st. 50.
0: 51st, yeah. excuse me. 50th uh, of the, the hearing's beginning. Right. Who? Mm. hard to believe. Yeah,
1: what was I doing then? Sitting there smoking a uh, the pipe.
0: I was <laughs> a lifeguard at uh, Camp Chestnut Ridge.
1: Yeah, I, I can see. That, that was a uh,
0: 73, 72. Uh, yeah, I was too. I, I, I was I was there in 71,
1: 72. Well, those pictures I saw, 70, if that my was, wife saw you, she'd say, well, that's a hunk.
0: 72. <laughs> that was taken in 72. I appreciate that. I, I yeah. need that. Yeah, I looked okay when I was 22. <laughs>
2: what is that?
0: Was oh, that your mother going out on the porch or? Uh,
2: no, that was uh, my buddy calling. Uh, somebody calling. So. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Oh, that's right. This little little ring, ding, ling, ling. That, yeah. uh, that we hear when your mother. Or
2: walks. Or, or a pack of dogs.
0: Yeah, back this, was, this
2: was just one dog barking <laughs> <laughs> ah, never a
0: dull moment on this show i'll tell you that don don is on the road i hope he hasn't run off don how can we help you hey hey uh,
5: i'm calling regard to a you know, mixture if you mix uh, baking soda and aspirin and spray the tomatoes once a week or every two weeks or another those prevent flight is that true? And at what time is The major growth that you start using
0: it. Well, it won't have a headache, but uh, <laughs> uh, what uh, what what doth y'all say?
5: I've Are, heard
1: of it on uh, this. What was that fellow that had all the home remedies, Mister Baker?
0: Oh yeah, uh, who was uh, who was in real life? Uh, most of his life, he was an undercover undercover uh, drug detective oh, in gosh. yeah in Detroit
1: I have heard of that Don in that book I've never tried it but he swears by it, the
0: the, the guy that has the Jerry Baker the Jerry Baker yeah, the late Jerry Baker yeah.
2: I, yeah I I mean I've heard of baking soda but I can't say I've heard uh have an aspirin and call me in the morning I don't know
0: <laughs> Epsom salts <laughs>
2: are, Epsom salts
0: are, Epsom salts is what I've heard two, two,
2: two teaspoons two of baking soda
5: and six milligrams of aspirin, uh, mix them together, you know, dissolve the aspirin and mix them together and spray it on your tomatoes at least once a week or once every two weeks. But I don't know at what point on the tomato growth you start start spraying it. Uh,
1: I don't think it's ever too early if you want to. Yeah, I blight. mean,
2: if it's just the foliage you're trying to prevent blight and it's not from the soil, then... Um, yeah. I, I think any time is fine. I, yeah. Consistently. I think it's fine. And it started, hadn't yeah. started
0: really getting humid yet.
2: Yeah, Yeah. And, and that's true, too. Yep.
0: So, yeah, I'd, I'd go ahead and try it. And keep us updated on this, Don. I want to know whether that works or not.
5: Well, I've heard it works. I don't I don't. I don't know for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, you, but
5: also, are you supposed to trim off the bottom part of the tomato, the, the limbs or the branches?
2: I sucker mine. Uh, How about so, the bottom? I think it helps it oh, yeah. grow
0: better because it. I mean, is less energy expended on.
2: Exactly. E- even when I plant, um, I go ahead and uh, pull off like the bottom three or four um, yes. leaves and.
5: That's what I've heard. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Well, try it and
0: and uh, try it all and see see what happens. Well, and well, Don, we tonight. can
1: ask another question that I'm asked all the time. Uh, I have the tomatoes right now that have come up already over the cage and uh sometimes they come over over so much that i've been known to cut off the top to
2: top them uh-huh.
1: and uh, and most of the time that's where the wonderful most blossoms are but is that a common practice yeah
2: necessary? i think a lot of the um the growers our farmers top them i know the guy on 64 uh, that has the tomatoes he he yeah. tops his. i to uh, pittsburgh yeah
5: mm-hmm. that keeps them from growing in a taller on it
0: yeah. yeah yes
1: that's, all, that's, that's the indeterminate right the right tomato. yeah yeah
5: probably makes the tomatoes a little bit bigger so they don't have to worry about growing it anymore.
0: that's right yeah okay, all right don to... yeah try it
5: okay i appreciate that sir.
0: all right have a great day buddy
5: y'all have a great day
0: yeah thank you so much for being a part of it 855 you know it's amazing how much wildlife there is in the triangle and it's equally amazing how much damage they can do to our gardens one of the safest and most effective ways to prevent damage from wildlife in your garden is with imos garden repellents made right here in the triangle Must garden offers natural solutions for over 15 pests and uh, the problems that they bring, including rabbits and squirrels and moles and voles and snakes and mosquitoes and best-selling deer repellent from Imos Garden. All of the Imus Garden pest products are made with natural ingredients and botanical oils from plants and animals uh, that uh, you know, they, they really don't want anything to do with in nature. And they're environmentally friendly. They smell nice. And they're safe for you, your family, and your pets. Imos garden repellents are also long-lasting and don't need to be reapplied every time it rains. They're available as sprays, granular, and money-saving concentrates. Imos garden repellents are not sold in box stores, but at locally owned garden centers and hardware stores all around the triangle and beyond. Garden supply and carry and Homewood Nursery and, of course, the garden hut. Take care, and take control of the pests in your garden with IMUS Garden natural repellents. And learn more about protecting your garden from pests. And visit IMUSGarden.com.
1: Well, Mike, apparently they don't smell very good to the varmints. No, they don't. Well,
2: I tell you, I take uh, Marilyn Cox, uh, I must garden, and I use the concentrate rabbit and the concentrate deer. There you go. And I mix them together, and I put them in one of the I must garden sprayers, and I have to spray my tomatoes for the deer, but I have to spray the peppers for the rabbit. So, I use the combination of them and just treat my whole Great garden. Great idea. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The rabbit works for me. I haven't tried anything else. I the don't else,
2: o- The only other thing you're saying, you know, you have to, um, you don't have to do it that often, once a month. Well, if you have a retail store and you get pansies in every week, flats and flats, then you have to spray every week. You mean the dessert, <laughs> dessert for the deer? That's right.
0: Do we need to take a break before
2: we yeah okay we'll, we'll we'll see you on the other side as they
0: say in broadcasting <laughs> the other side of